This morning we come to the final um, message in a four-part series called In the Zone. And you've been quite used, I think, to this uh, image on the screen over this period of time. It's actually just a metaphor, it's just an image to sort of get an idea of the kind of zone in which, uh, as Christians, we want to live. We talked about this morning and sung about Jesus being the centre. And in a sense, we want to be in that, that good place, that right place, that that place in which God can bless us and we can be a blessing. As the songs are reminded, we can be witnesses to others. It's, it's a good place for us to be. It's in contrast to other places where sometimes we are. Uh, but God wants us and desires us to, to live in that zone. He wants us to be in that place, to operate in that sweet spot of his success. And over these weeks, we've been thinking about what it means to, to live in the center of this zone, that God wants us to live there, that he wants us, each one of us, to, to live there, and that God wants us to be in that good place where we can be blessed and be a means of blessing to others. Now, the question that you may wish to ask yourself this morning is this, that am I zoned out or zoned in? And as we've already prayed about, we are always, not always, in that, that good place. There are times when we feel that God is far away. Sometimes we don't feel the, the Father's heavenly embrace around us. So how are you this morning? Are you in that zone or do you feel zoned out? Well, during this series, we have seen the contrasts of what it might mean for us to live in the zone and, and to be outside of that place. In terms of stewardship, the contrast between management and ownership. If we live in the zone, we manage what God has entrusted to us. If we're outside of the zone, we simply own everything, and it's all mine. And last time, we saw the contrast between materialism and generosity. Perhaps outside the zone, we're often materialistic. It's all about accumulating things. It's all about take, take, take. Those inside the zone, in contrast, live generous lives. Give, give, give. Those who live in the zone reflect the generous heart of God. God is a generous God who can't stop giving. And of course, it's there in this key verse that we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave. God can't stop giving. He gave his, his only son. And look at these words that Paul wrote to express the generous heart of God. He who did not spare his own son, but gave, gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, gloriously give us all things. That's the generous nature of God our Father who cannot stop giving us graciously all the things that we need. And we as zoned-in followers of Jesus are to reflect that generous nature, that generous heart of God. As we've already noted in this series, in the zone it's all about give, 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 not get, 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 as it is outside of the zone. In the zone it's all about God and generosity. Outside the zone, it's all about Satan and selfishness. I've also shared with you over these weeks a diagram to help us to see how this works, to show how God wants to bless us. And it all starts from God, of course. God is the blesser. It is from God that all blessings flow, as we often sing. And from God, he graciously gives us all things so that we are in the zone uh, can be blessed and God wants to bless us and as a result he wants us to be a blessing 
to others. Our blessing is so overflowing that we can't help but share that blessing with others, and we become a blessing ourselves. And that's how the diagram works. That's how the flow works. That's how we want to see it, how how the grace of God comes to us and, and through us, and we are able to be a blessing to others. And it's that final part of this, uh, this, this journey, if you like, that I want us to consider this morning. That every person in this hall right now, everyone listening to a recording of this message, can be a blessing. It's in God's heart to bless us and to give us all good things. And I guess the question, though, is are we blessable? Are we in that place of heart and mind that God can really bless us so much so that we can be a blessing uh, to others. Now, of course, I'm, I'm theorizing, I, I'm presenting a theology, but all Christians should know what I'm talking about. Uh, and You've probably experienced yourselves, I'm sure, uh, what it is to, to really be in that place where God has blessed you and to see how, how God has made you a blessing to others. It's just where we want to be, isn't it, all the time? And indeed, um, others may well have expressed to you that you have been a blessing. What a blessing that is to us when people come to us and say, you know, you've really blessed me by what you are or what you've been. I hope that many children, many of us, have been able to express that to fathers this day, to express to them what they've meant to us. It's a great for all of us to, to be a blessing. As I was preparing uh, this message, uh, I noticed on Facebook that uh, a Salvationist called Bill was retiring from taking the war cries around the pubs and clubs at Rushton in Northamptonshire. Uh, for six and a half years, we were the core officers there. Um, and on Friday evenings, I used to go with Bill around uh, the pubs and clubs of the town, the community, um, building up relationships with the landlord and with staff and with the customers, giving them war cries and the, the, the kids' zone, the, the, the kids' newspaper. And uh, I did this for just six and a half years. And, and after the evening, we'd, we'd gone around delivering the papers. We used to go back to Bill's house in the evening where his wife, Dorothy, would have a drink and some supper laid on as we counted up the donations we'd received. Well, Bill doesn't use a computer. He wouldn't have put anything on, the, on, the, on Facebook, but his daughter had put something on Facebook and, and takes, taken some pictures of the last night that Bill had been taking the papers around the pubs and clubs. Now, I'd only been doing it for six and a half years with Bill, but Bill had been doing this for 48 years. For 48 years, Bill had faithfully gone out every Friday evening. And Bill had had to retire early from work because of ill health. And and I don't ever remember, maybe because of finance, I don't ever remember him being on holiday. And so when I say every Friday, Bill went out to set the papers, I'm not exaggerating. Bill will never know the fruits of his labours. 48 years of ministering with a war cry, of talking to customers, of sitting down, uh, sharing, and, and even at times praying with those people in the pubs and clubs. But I was happy to add my comments on Facebook and to add my congratulations and appreciation for Bill's ministry. Bill's daughter, who put that on Facebook, picked up that message and assured me that she would pass that message on to her dad. And then she sent me a private message which others can't see, and, 
Sandra name is. Sandra, uh, I didn't know, really know her very well at all. She didn't come to the army. She'd left the army and the Lord uh, before we arrived at the Corps. But she wrote to say that she's never forgotten me. And I thought, oh, oh, you know, what's, what's that? But actually, she'd never forgotten me because of something that apparently I did while she was in difficulties in New Zealand. And she's never forgotten what I did. I honestly cannot remember. And I've spoken to Dawn. She can't remember neither. Um, but I'll just share these two little incidents, uh, the big one in terms of Bill, because, you know, we never know, do we, how God is going to bless us and use us. We know when we give ourselves to God, we, we just don't know. Just the little things that we can easily forget that God can bless and use us. I wrote back to Sandra and said, you know, I don't remember this, but, but thank you for saying thank you. And actually, I'll, we, we're coming back to Rushton shortly to lead the Sunday meeting to dedicate our grandchild, and it'd be good to see you. And she wrote back to me, I'll be there, it's in my diary. Well, that's a lovely reason as well, isn't it, for her to come back to the army. Who knows, even come back to the Lord as a result of this, this contact. I, I share this story, and you could share stories back with me, I'm sure, of times when the Lord has blessed you, when times has made, that God has made you a blessing, been an influence Times that you probably don't know about, probably this side of heaven you will never know about. It's happened to Bill, it happens occasionally to me, it's happened occasionally to all of us, I'm sure, that when we're in that zone, in that place where God has blessed us, we cannot help but, but bless others. And it's all about what God is doing through us. I've um, heard a number of people um, at the rink uh, talk about uh, the many pictures that are taken in the open airs these days in the march. And in this day and age of, of Facebook and social media, you know, we'll never know, will we, not only the thousands, even millions of pictures that are spread around the world of, uh, of our band marching up and down the street and holding its open air every Sunday, but what we will never know is the blessings that are taking place around the world. You know, maybe that, uh, that sight this morning, just one lady spoke to me this morning, uh, she's from New Zealand. She said, it's just lovely to see the Salvation Army on the street. And she's flying back to New Zealand tonight uh, and taking that blessing with her. How many blessings around the world, just from simple things that we do here at the rink each Sunday. I'm sure that God is multiplying those blessings, those seeds that are sown. And we will never know this side of heaven, heaven how many blessings go out from this place each week. And this thought leads me on to the final message I want to give in this series about, about us being that kind of blessing that we need to be to others. How the blesser has abundantly blessed us. And in this final talk, I want us to look at how we in turn can reach out to be witnesses, to reach out to the zone and become a blessing to others. I've called it a letter from the zone. It's almost as if we're sending letters constantly, all the time, constantly sending emails, constantly sending a message out of the zone to those who are outside of the zone. And I pray that we who have been abundantly blessed will continually, constantly be a letter of blessing to others. God hasn't abundantly blessed us just so we can live in our own little world, so we can just wallow in that blessing. He has blessed us so that we in turn can share that blessing, to share that good news with so many people who need that assurance of heaven. 
And that is the tension I want to present this with, the tension between us as Christians living in our own world and in our own fellowship, in our own church, against the need for us to turn out outwards and to reach outwards in fellowship and love to others so that we can be a blessing to them. I've used two words to describe this tension, fellowshipitis against evangelism. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll understand the word evangelism, mission, reaching out with the good news. Fellowshipitis is a, is a disease. You can't get a prescription for it, but it's a disease when, because we enjoy our fellowship so much, and we do in the army, and we do especially the rig, we enjoy our fellowship, we are, we are pleased when people uh, talk about the warm welcome they get here, but the fellowship ice is a disease that we can get when that goes too far and when we only have eyes for each other and we don't have eyes and a conscience for those who are outside of our fellowship. You know, Jesus enjoyed great time of fellowship with his disciples, but that is not what his ministry was about. His disciples only came and shared that rich fellowship with Jesus so they could then go out and share that blessing with others. Look how Luke tells this in his gospel. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the gospel, to preach the kingdom, rather, of God. And it's no different today that we, as his current present-day disciples, are sent out to preach the kingdom of God. So especially as our fellowship is here with Jesus and with each other as a family of God's people, we're only here to receive blessings so that we can go out and to be blessings to others. There is a, a great incident um, also in the Bible when Jesus meets a demon-possessed man called Legion. Legion was known throughout his area of Gadara as, as being this madman. He was possessed by demons. But Jesus, you may remember, healed him. And then we are told, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged Jesus to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy upon you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how, Jesus, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Here was Legion, this needy man who had entered into the zone, entered into the fellowship of Jesus and just wanted to stay with Jesus. But Jesus released him, said, go back and, to, and be my witnesses to those people back where you've come from. What a testimony for that man to go back as a sane man, as a healed man, as a whole man. Even before he opens his mouth, he's a living testimony to what Jesus could do. And Jesus knew that his biggest ministry was not to go with him in the boat to the other side of the lake, but to go and to be witnesses back in his own community. If we crank back into the Old Testament, something really interesting happened following the flood. You, we all know the story of Noah and the flood and the ark and so on. But when Noah and the family got out of the ark, we are told that, that God wanted Noah and the family to go and to repopulate the earth, to go and make nations of, of the whole world. And, and this is what we read. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered 
over the face of the earth. So they did quite the opposite, what God wanted them to do. God wanted them to go and to spread out, but instead they stayed together. They built a city, and they built a tower. Why? To make a name for themselves. God wanted them to go out and to make a name for him. They wanted just to stay together in their fellowship and make a name for themselves. It's our mission, it's our privilege, it's our responsibility not to stay huddled in our fine buildings, but to spread out and to move outwards, to to be a salvation army, to be what God commanded his disciples to be. And of course, what God God wants wants us all to do. In fact, the the final words that Jesus said before he left this earth, before he was ascended, is this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this message was so important, it was the very last thing that Jesus left with his followers. And Jesus left them with a promise that the Holy Spirit will empower them to be his witnesses. And this is that verse we've already looked at in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so Jesus commands you and me today to take the blessings we've received in the zone and to share them with those outside, to to pray that God will will give us those opportunities to leak the blessings we have received from from God who's the blesser. I've called this final talk a letter from the zone because that is what it should be like. We should be constantly sending messages from the zone. It's it's from this place of blessing that we can often be a blessing to others. You see, if we are going to send a letter out to the zone, you and I have to be that letter. This is what the Apostle Paul was getting at when he wrote these words. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You should... You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Can I challenge you this morning as I challenge myself to be that kind of letter, to be that a living letter for Jesus? May may I encourage each one of us not to enjoy our fellowship so much that we don't think about the letters we ought to be sending out, the messages we ought to be sending outside the zone to those who are waiting to be blessed by God the Blesser. And finally, can I remind you of a question that has come right through this series. As I conclude this series, can I remind you of it once again? Are you yourself in the zone? Unless we are in the zone, in that good place where we can be blessed, we, can't, we have no messages to send. We have nothing to show. Are you in a good place spiritually this morning? Are you blessable? Are you in a place where you can be a channel of blessing to others? I pray that you are. I pray that I am. And I pray that if you are not, that God will minister to you even now as we conclude our meeting together. 
And as we share a few moments of um, quiet reflection together, I'd like us to sing on this Father's Day the Father's Song. I have heard so many songs, listened to a, a thousand tongues, but there is one that sounds above all, them all, the Father's Song, the Father's Love. You sung it over me, and for eternity, it's written on my heart. Taken from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Some wonderful words to remind us of the loving Heavenly Father wanting to bless us so that we might be blessable to others.